Hello? Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, Joseph. It's so good to see you. I'm, uh, or hear you. Um, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yes, that's so good. Um, before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much for even taking your time out today and doing this. Yeah, thank no, so of much. course. Yes, and so the way this will go is we will, uh, I just welcome us in, and then, and then we'll just get started from there. Okay, yeah, no, it sounds great, um, and I'm, I'm super flexible time-wise, so I, and you had a lot of really intriguing questions, and so I would love to dive into as much or as little, or if you have other things that you want to ask about, like, I'm just really passionate. That's why I wanted to talk to you, too, is I'm just really passionate about all the things that you're talking about and passionate about, so yeah. I'm well, um, I always tell people, this is organized chaos, so we may get to um, all of those questions, or we may get through two of them. It just depends, and, pl- and, like, and like I said in the text, if you if you have something that you want to talk about or you want to move the conversation a different way, uh, please uh, feel free to. Um, and because that, because this is also, um, I want you to have the space to talk about what you want to talk about as well. So feel free to um, interrupt me or, or say, or change the conversation. Uh, okay. I, I, if anything comes to mind, I will. But as of now, I'm just really intrigued more on what, what you would love to know. So yeah, God's been teaching me a lot. And um, yeah, however, however the spirit guides our conversation, which That's... actually, before we start, is it okay if I pray for us? Yes. Okay. Um, dear Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity um, for me and Joseph to just be here. Lord, I just pray that you bless our conversation, bless the words that come that come out of our mouths and that um, it may, you know, edify and strengthen um, not only us, but everyone listening. Um, Lord, just remind us to continue to humble ourselves and to seek your will above everything else. Um, and just remind us of who we are in you. Um, and Lord, I just pray that we can have that be reflected through what we talk about today. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 That's so good. All right. Uh, so I'll uh, welcome us and then we'll get started. And welcome back to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus. And uh, this time, I'm excited to have Ashley on. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited. Yes. The first time I met you was, um, I remember this day, because it was the first time I had ever been to a pancake. So this was about I, th- I think this was November of 2019 and they, the pancakes was uh, talent night and uh, people come up and showcase their talent and different ones did. I remember Deshaun got up and I think he was a comedian who he did something and they said, we're going to have uh, someone come up and do original song. And they said, um, please make welcome Ashley and you, and you sang, I don't know if you remember that or not, but you sang um, at CSF for uh, something. Yes. No, I remember that night really vividly because um, I remember everyone pulled out their phones as like little candle lights almost. And I've never had that happen when I was performing before. So like you all were so fun to play for. And also it's just being at CSF, um, I've just really opened up in who I am as an artist, both 
as I pursue it, um, you know, is in worship, but also as I pursue it as a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been so cool to be able to have places while I'm here at UK um, to kind of be do both, you know, worship leader and singer songwriter. Yes, that's so good. And and what an opportunity um, to do that because, you know, the places and churches that is that is good, but also have an opportunity to go beyond the church and um, of college ministry and say, you know, we what we believe in you, we believe in your talent, and we want to give you the space to uh, use your talent. What a what a great thing that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something I've been really convicted of, and especially gotten to explore at UK is is that kind of topic within music of, you know, not just the worship songs, but how can we incorporate the message of Christ into songs that can appeal to more of a secular audience that, you know, rather than just keep it in the church, how can we get it out to so many more people um, who might not initially like find themselves in a church? Um, And so I know I've definitely experienced that already, just like through the kinds of songs I write um, that, you know, might talk about love and just also how I see God in my everyday life. And um, just kind of the advice that I've gained and, you know, navigating anxiety and all these other things um, and just being able to see the conversations that I've been able to have and also the people that I've been able to draw into, you know, like I did a concert at CSF and I had some some friends who never would have otherwise stepped into that building and might not believe in Jesus, but just knowing that they're there and that they're just surrounded by so many amazing people and we're just there to have fun and listen to some good music and um, I just pray that, you know, that through that, that eventually they see that, you know, Jesus is the reason that I am doing this. And then wanting to, um, you know, go from there to, you know, more than anything, more than any song I write, Jesus loves you. And that's the most important thing. And so, you know, whether it's through writing more secular music or Christian or something in the middle, um, that's definitely an area that I'm super passionate about and trying, trying to figure that out as I start writing more songs. Yes, that's so good because you know, um, I th- and that's that was one of the questions that I had sent you, and I think that is so important, especially um, because I think pop music, especially, mm-hmm. has gotten a bad rap because of the music that has been out, unfortunately, in the in the twenty first century or whatever century we're in but um music pop especially has gotten a bad rap because of all the stuff that is talked about in pop but you but you also have people um one of my favorite non-christian artists um ben rector brought who Yes, I literally was just jamming out to him just before. Like, that's oh my so crazy gosh. you mentioned. I was literally, like, for the past hour just listening to Ben Rector. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? Because <laughs> he mixes that so well, especially the last album, The Joy of Music, I think is what it's called. Mm. It's got the big red blob on it. But it is especially <laughs> good because all those songs are not, christian especially and they're not they're not um what do you call it uh christian on on paper but they are uh because the message interlines and i think that is so good to be able to do both because like you said people are more responsive 
um, who've never been into church. And and this just popped in my brain, and, and I want to get I want to let you talk. But I think it is important um, be, to do that to write songs in a secular way, because you know a lot of times in the church we use King James verbiage and we use a lot of things that people in the the world who who are not who are not Christians don't know the words we're using, but making sure that they know. How, what, what we're saying in a way that can they can respond to yeah no and I think and that's the the thing that I've found especially compelling is it's you know it's not just that we experience relationship with Jesus in the church but we experience him in our everyday lives and so okay. you know that we can talk about our everyday lives because he's a part of it um I know one of Ben Rector's songs that I've loved especially I mean his entire album I could talk about that all day um <laughs> But there's a song of his on there. There's two of them, like Steady Love and Heroes, but Steady Love especially. So that song I've been really intrigued by because I believe he wrote it about his wife. Um, but what's so beautiful is, you know, as, uh, you know, a single young woman, like I can still relate to it because there's this reflection that, yes, like in a spouse, we can find like that steady love. But to think that the ultimate steady love that we have is in Jesus, that, you know, even the songs about like, you know, loving someone else can have reflections of, um, you know, ultimately the love we have in God and that that's the perfected version of every other love that we ever talk about. Um, so I worship to that song in some ways. So I'm like, Lord, that you are the steady love that I'm ultimately anchored in. And, you know, I pray that maybe eventually if it's in your will for me to, you know, get married one day, then I'll be able to relate on that level. But I can already relate to the song just because like God is the ultimate culmination of that. Yes, that is so good. That's so good. For those who are tuning in and wondering who in the world is Ashley Autumn, tell a little bit about uh, who you are. And um, you mentioned a little bit, but tell a little bit about what you do. So um, I am a singer-songwriter based in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, at the moment, I'm also a UK student about to graduate in May in marketing and vocal performance. Um, and so I play guitar and I've been learning piano and I love to write um, songs kind of more in the pop genre, but with influences from my Christian faith in a way where I can just connect it to my daily life and just hoping to you know, continue to relate to and uplift people um, with our messages that I have um, as a songwriter. That's so good. Um, I heard this one time. I don't know where I heard it. But um, an artist can paint a beautiful field. Mm. But he can also paint a beautiful cross. And I think that is a, a wonderful um, depiction of what we had been talking about. Because um, if you just look at they both are together. You see, you know, when we, when you see a picture of the cross, you see a field. And I think it is in that we, we talk about both of that in our lives. And, um, and you mentioned Ben Rector, who have been some other influences, um, musical, and then also, uh, non-musical too, um, influences in your life. Yeah, um, I think musically, I would say my biggest is Sarah Bareilles. Um, I really look up to her, and she's kind of the reason I started. 
um, doing songwriting and everything. Um, let me see. Tori Kelly, uh, Matt Kearney, John Mayer, Ed Sheeran, um, Maggie Rogers, Lauren Daigle. Um, those are kind of like my biggest influences as an artist. And Jordy Searcy, too. He's another one that I really look up to. Um, and then on the personal side, I guess starting, I have a few people within music, but are like more personal influences. Um, like Kurt Vernon, he's been Ugh. a huge mentor to me. Um, and just a few of my really good friends, um, especially like Austin Jones. And uh, he's my producer. He's really helped me grow as an artist. Um, but then even more personally, my parents are my biggest influences in everything. And my younger sister, Haley, um, have just played such a special role in who I am. And um, I'm just so excited. And my one of my really good friends, Sarah, um, she's been a huge influence. And um, Brayden, I could go on. I have so many, so many friends who have just been such a blessing to enjoy life with and also to get to walk um, in Christ with. Um, like a lot of friends from my um, time at Commonwealth City Church, I just have so many good friends um, in a Bible study, especially there that I've um, just gotten to grow a lot closer to Christ as I pursue everything. Um, and so those are, you know, a tiny list. I could go on though. There's so <laughs> many people who influence me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, and let me say this about you, cause I know you would say it, but there was um, when they were advertising your concert and they, um, Delilah was up there and they said, yes, we're going to have a concert here on Friday night. And you would have thought that, um, Ed Sheeran was coming to place because they went, woo, yes. And so you, uh, you have a following, but it is, and I was, you know, it's, it's one thing that, but it's, it's one thing. It's another thing to have people, um, who, who are in your corner, you know, one prayer I pray all the time. I said, Lord, Help me be a cheerleader because, you know, be, being a someone who um, is there for people and is there to um, to just uh, cheer them along in life. I think pe we need that in our day. Uh, you mentioned one of your influences was um, Ed Sheeran, and I he's one of he's one of my favorite uh, artists because he can get into a uh, arena and he just comes out with a guitar and a loop, a loop, whatever they call mm -hmm. that. A loop pedal. A loop pedal. And he can just come out there and make music. And, and that is, that is a gift. You know, I think about how people say music can divide. And that is, that is true. Music can divide, especially sadly in the churches. But I firmly believe that music can also unite you know mm -hmm. i think about when you go into just in the setting of a campfire and someone brings out a guitar and they start um they start playing a song and everyone starts singing along that that unites and that is something that i think um i think that's a beautiful part of of, of humanity that we can come together um, because a lot of things can divide, but one thing that can unite is the simplicity of getting around and singing together. Yes. And I actually, I have a really treasured memory from, um, I think it was CSF spring break trip this year. 
Mm. Um, so I had gone to Fort Myers, Florida, um, and made a lot of new friends. And there was one night where we just had a lot of free time. And so we were out on the, the beach, just kind of like watching the sunset and then just stayed out kind of late. And, um, had, we were all kind of talking about music and they're like, Oh, you should bring your guitar. And I was like, cool. Okay. So I brought my guitar out and what was so powerful. And I will never forget this was like starting to sing different songs and just having other people just kind of join in. And we all are just out there singing. And um, one of the ones that we all got really into was um, You Say by Lauren Daigle. And we just were out there on the beach, just like singing You Say and just worshiping. Um, and it was so beautiful and so sweet. Um, a memory I'll always hold. And also a reason why I'm like, I, I just want to keep doing this because of moments mm-hmm. like that. Yes, that is so good. Cause I, I think about um, on on the Texas trip, we did the same thing. We had some time to kill, and and they said, um, "Let's let's people get out their guitars and let's let's play and sing." And you know, it's it's one thing to sing at a CSF event, and and you we have both been on stage, and that that's a powerful thing mm-hmm. to be up there. And but it's another thing, especially to see young people i i am young i know but i have the i have the heart of an 80 year old but especially good to see young people who who were not at a church we were at a church but we weren't at a a big setting and see these young people raise their hands and believe this stuff when it's not actually when we're not at a big function i think that is a i think that's a beautiful part of of just getting together and you know that that is you're talking about you say I think that is um something so powerful um because to unite together and sing something like that um congregational singing there's nothing like it Mm, agreed 100 percent um and so uh what's one of your favorite uh memories from from leading at csf or or being on stage at csf oh i don't know i'm trying to think well so i think it was probably one of the first times i ever ever sang because i was i was so nervous the first few times um just never having been in that that environment and but how insane it was that you know despite my nerves um, I remember one of the first songs I sang uh, was Goodness of God. And it just, it felt like there was electricity kind of going through my body that eventually I was so, I went from being nervous to just being like, okay, God, I surrender this to you. And just was mm. kind of singing just uh, real, literally just from the heart. Cause I was like, I can't do this on my own. And then not only that, but then to hear so many people, and this was in the old CSF building. So mm. everyone was like crammed in there and it's like, it almost was like everyone else's voices were like holding, uh, holding, uh, holding me up where I was like, it felt like I wasn't even the one singing or leading. It just felt like we were all just (laughs) praising in one unified voice. And I just remember just that kind of sense of surrender and just praise to God for, for how amazing it was to be there and just to see everyone else just yearning, Mm -hmm. um, just for the, for just to continue to love him through our worship. And so, that moment, I definitely will never forget. And the goodness of God song has just really meant a lot to me as I've just continued to grow as a Christian. And so um, I think that moment was kind of the spark and one I'll never forget. 
Yeah. Oh, that song. I am not Pentecostal, but that song that song turns me Pentecostal. Oh, <laughs> because I mean the especially the whole I mean that whole song, My Lands, but especially the bridge when it talks about your goodness is running after me. Mm. Every time I I sing that song, I just envision the Father. We are we are we are here standing, and the Father. We're out in the middle of a field who no one should know where we are, but the father is coming to us running with open arms and saying, I will never stop running after you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is such a powerful and, you know, talking about words, words are powerful. Um, and, you know, we think, I think about words like I have a dream or, um, or words like speeches like, uh, well, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but things that are, are words can either um, make you or they can break you. And people say, you know, oh, just shake it off. But words can have a powerful impact. No, I don't. I totally agree. And that was something that, you know, I was really blessed with the kind of um, high school education I've gotten because um, I went to the Lexington Latin School and it was like this rigorous sort of classical Christian education. And there was, there were one or two classes in particular that really stood out. And one of them was uh, my English class with uh, uh, Mr. Walters. He, he like, he taught us about like Shakespeare and we went through Great Gatsby and so many other classics. Um, But one thing that he would always harp on, and initially I, I didn't really understand like why this was so important, but as I've grown up, like literally what you're saying, he would just say about how words in themselves carry this this meaning, this power that, you know, is beyond us. And, you know, I think it's so easy for people nowadays in culture to shoot it down as, yeah, like words, they're just kind of this baseless thing that we assign the, to a particular object. And it's not, it doesn't actually have any power in itself. It's just the power you give to it. But it's like, no, I mean, Jesus is literally called the word, like the living mm-hmm. word. Our words have true power, you know, to build and to tear down. Um, and it was just, I remember in high school, like hearing that. And then as I've pursued being a songwriter since then, and also just living life and kind of just experiencing that power, um, I agree with you 100%. What is one of your, um, well, I say one, you could you could take as much time as you want. What is um, Bible verses um, that have been, you know, either verses that stick out to you or life verses that just um, just come to you? Yeah, um, I would say the verse that I feel like summarizes like what I kind of cling to the most and is just kind of um, the one, yeah, the one that I abide by the most is um, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Um, that whole section too, I'm such an anxious person. I worry and overthink everything. And so just coming back to that over and over again, just really grounds me, but just especially how it says like to seek first his kingdom, um, and all else will be given to you as well. And it's the most important thing is just that, you know, we fix our eyes on Jesus and everything else we worry about, like it's in his hands. Like I don't have to worry about it. And then it says in verse 34 about, you know, therefore, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Um, each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, I know that 
all of the things that I've struggled with in my life, um, you know, I think it boils down to lack of trust in God and not, and trying to understand like, how is this going to work out in the future? All these things that I'm going through, when is it going to end? Or when is this next thing going to happen? And I just remember that I, all I can do is just fix my eyes on God and mm. just continue in the path he has for me and in his will. And also just in fixing my eyes heavenward, that even if I'm in the lowest of lows or whatever hills and valleys I go through, like ultimately I'm looking forward to heaven, but I know that in this time now that he is going to provide, he knows exactly what I need before I even ask him. And so I just have to continue to trust in him. And it's not easy. I mean, I struggle day in and day out to just continue uh, to continue to tr just trust in Jesus. But I mean, thank the Lord for his grace, you know, that as we continue to fall as sinners on a daily basis, like he's right there chasing after us and we're washed by the blood from the beginning to the end. Um, and so I, that that verse in particular is the one that I just continue to come to. You know, Matthew, Matthew 6, 33, 34. That's, that's so good. You know, um, just piggybacking off that, our pastor uh, was, always says, he says, you know, um, when you, when something goes on or something and uh, he says, look up. Uh, when when trouble comes your way, look up, and I think that is so that's so good. And um, I want to I want to shift gears just a little bit and and talk about you know what made you want to um, get into music. Hmm. Oh man, that's that's a really kind of interesting story, honestly. Because initially, I never thought I had a musical bone in my body. Um, I was going to be an engineer. My sister growing up was the musical one. So I was always kind of discounting um, that I would have any ability in it and then just kind of focused my time and energy on more like STEM related things. Mm -hmm. But then I think where it all started, um, I've, I've always been singing. So I like I would sing fan of the opera stuff for fun with my sister when we were little. Oh, yeah. But so moving into now, I think like what happened was, yes, I was singing, but I ended up kind of picking up a my sister had a ukulele and I started picking it up and playing it. And I was like, I don't sound very good on it, but this is so fun. So <laughs> I got a, I went and bought a guitar. Um, and what ended up happening was like with the guitar, there was like this this deal where I could also get like free guitar lessons for like a month. And I come to meet um, my guitar teacher, Dave McLean. And he was the one that not only helped me to uh, just improve and kind of take on guitar as my own, but he also was showing me how I could write songs. He could show me like, he showed me how, you know, all of the songs I really look up to, I can, play those and that mm -hmm. I can create my own music and he just helped me to really kind of em embrace that and to be able to just find that joy because initially I just never thought I could and now I'm I'm more of the mindset now of maybe you can't do something yet but that doesn't mean that you always like you can pursue it like practice you'll get there like it takes yeah. work and so everything that whole journey has been um about like six seven years now since then but I just remember like the first day I picked up that guitar just this overwhelming kind of feeling of passion of like wow like I never want to put this down and mm. I just want to continue to play this um wherever it might take me and it's certainly taken me a lot of places already um but 
I think between just the, the mentorship of Dave, um, having initially gotten my guitar and then honestly, just, I think growing up listening to like Sarah Bareilles and just hearing like, Whoa, someone can like say all of the things that I've been trying to say in my, or I feel, but I don't know how to say. And I was like, wow, I love that power in songwriting. And so I've just, I think since then, just been playing a lot, writing a lot and trying to perform when I can. And it's been a very uh, bumpy road at times, but I'm learning so much and God's continuing to be so faithful in opening more doors. Yes. You know, um, one of the first songs I've heard, I heard from, Sarah Bareilles was the one from Waitress. The mm. she used to be mine, and I remember hearing that and thinking, you know, the the simplicity of just her and a and a um, piano. What a powerful statement you can make with just a voice and a piano. And you know, um, you're talking about that, and it reminded me of a song from uh, Ben Rector. From uh, uh, that goes, dream on, dream on. Even mm. if you're afraid all your dreams may be gone. Just dream on. When the world says you're crazy, tell them they're wrong and dream on. You know, I think that is important in having in having a dream. Is when you when God gives you something in your heart and it's so compelling, and you have this such a stirring in your heart dream on uh god has planted this in you for a reason and um and I, I they tell me that my audience is between the ages of 18 and 23 and so um just give the you know um insight about like uh you know people say i have this dream that i i want to do something but I just don't feel like I can, or, you know, I'm stuck in this position of, I, I'm only, I can't play more than two chords or I can't play, you know, talk to those people who are saying, I, I wished I could do something and I feel like God has given me this dream, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, no. And I, I deeply relate to that. And I think the biggest thing, um, is to embrace like, okay, I have this desire. I'm going like, whether it might not look exactly the way I want it to yet, I want to live or what I, what I've done is like live each day as much as you can towards becoming that towards embodying it. Like, you know, for the longest time, I mean, yes, my dream is to be a singer songwriter, but there was a point where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. But mm -hmm. I just, I had a mentor of mine just tell me, he said, just, today like you just you are a singer songwriter and just live each day as if you are and eventually like that'll just continue and so like for me that's been just first of all embracing the fact that I have that dream and then it's okay what can I do today that can push me towards that you know if it's I can't play this certain chord or I can't play this certain scale or my I really wish I could write songs like this just finding time in your day to just practice at it. It's not going to be, you know, like an overnight thing from, you know, if you see the stories of some of the, the people who are living the dream that you're longing for, look into their story too. And most of the time you're going to see that it was years of just day in and day out, just pursuing it faithfully, getting 1% better 
one day at a time. And that's all you can, I mean, it comes even back to Matthew 6, 34 of, you know, do not worry about tomorrow, mm. um, where it's just focus on today. Um, trust in the Lord and do what you can in this day um, and live towards that dream. You know, even if it's not tangible yet, you can still have the mindset of if that's where you want to be, live like you're already there. And one day, you know, if Lord willing, um, you'll get you'll get there closer and closer. Yeah, that's so good. And um, and like, I, you know, I've said this before. I'm not a songwriter. I've written one song, but I think it is and no one will hear it. But I think it is important if especially in songwriting uh, and you can speak into this um, more too, if you want, but I think it is important to write. Um, and, and there's two schools of thought to this. You know, one is like the Nashville people who they write every day, and they they just write, write, write. And then you have people like more like Bill and Gloria who write when something comes up. But I think I think if you have something that you want to write and that is compelling write it even if no one is hearing it because if you don't write it you're going to bust you have to you know writing you know i think it is important and if you want to if people you know people are listening if they want to um do that and and be a writer um and and you say well it's not good well write it anyway Uh, Mm -hmm. because i think about Ed Sheard, who who said in an interview one time, you know, I for a year I wrote nothing but bad songs, and and, and then one day a well just opened up and he wrote the eighteen, and so write because you that's what you feel God is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's being faithful day in and day out, and honestly, you know, just being really candid about where I am in my journey right now, like. I've written maybe 70 or 80 songs and, you know, I still feel like my best songs are ahead of me and, you know, every single song, it's just like, ah, oh, I wish there's things in this that could be better. And, you know, I, I'm just really working on just being faithful to, you know, write the next song. Cause you don't know, you don't know what the impact is going to be. You don't know when that song that is going to resonate with so many people is going to hit. And so, um, yeah, it's just been kind of working towards just being faithful in writing. And honestly, even you saying that's just really encouraging because that's something I've been just really kind of praying into. It's, it's like, Lord, help me to be faithful and to be a steward of this and to just devote more time to this craft if it is something that you're calling me into. Yes, that's good. And I I love that you brought up the words um, being a good steward because uh, we've talked a lot uh, so far a lot about music but i think being a good steward is um i, re- I read a book one time change it one of the best books i've ever read uh true worshiper by bob Coughlin. and in there he talks about worshiping but i you know being a good steward is um you know are you a good steward of your time are you a good steward of your money and are you good steward of your worship and all these different things? I that is so good because um, a lot of times we focus on, and this is this is coming from me. I a lot of times when I had heard being a good steward, I had just thought of, you know, when you think I when I thought I thought of um, of money because a lot of times in church you hear being a good steward is just of money, but mm-hmm. I. 
important. And David Houseconnect talked about this last semester, I think, is that being a good steward is is taking all of your life and giving that to God. And mm-hmm. I think it's such a beautiful picture of that because if you focus on one, then the other one is being neglected. And and that is that is something that to put all of them together uh, is so good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's been something that I've been really trying to um, just to pray and to walk into is it's like, okay, Lord, wherever you place me, um, you know, and whether it's where I want to be or whether it's maybe in a a season that I might not necessarily want to be, Lord, how can I be a steward of everything that you've given me um, just so that I may glorify you and just to proclaim who you are, you know, whether it is, you know, through um, finances, whether it's through vocation, whether it's through just the relationships that you've been given, you can be a good steward for the glory of God and everything. Yes, that's so good. Um, you know, uh, I want to just circle back a little bit, uh, because uh, you mentioned, um, Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. and, um, that was, that, holds a a place in my heart because um senior year of high school we put on that production of um a phantom of the opera and i I was honored to play um i don't i don't even think he's in the play i think they just made up this character to appease me but they had but it was pianji um carlotta's husband or somebody and what a what an honor to be in the and you know the musical i've heard both things of, of Andrew and Lord Webber, but the, um, but I think the uh, brilliance of him, especially in the scene of, um, and I, it's the, both scenes, but it's the one of the, um, oh goodness, 80 year old brain has to work here, talking about the office scene and where they're all coming in and talking about how bad the ghost is. And I and you know in music, a lot of times we talk about major chords, about how we need to have it's and people are so happy when they hear major, but you know I think there is necessary it's necessary to have minor in there too because because when you have minor, it resolves, and I think in life is like that too when you have you know, you have the major stuff, the the happy chords that make everyone happy, but you also need that little bit of minor because if everyone agrees with everything you say, then then you're just going to have an echo box. But I think, you know, people who have music that have a, who have a minor tone to it and comes back to a, 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 uh, whatever you, what did I just say? Um, major, then it, it makes it all worth it because because it is it is beautiful to have both a major and minor. And I don't know if that made any sense, but I just I wanted to I wanted to say that I don't know if that made any sense. No, I I'm following, and I think you know um, I I could nerd about composition all day, but I know even within like a certain key that there's major and minor chords that kind of fit together. Uh, that you know even a song that is a really happy song you know might have like a minor six in it 
like this minor six chord in there. And, you know, you can't, you can't even really tell that sometimes those minor chords are necessarily sad. It's definitely like maybe the way that it's painted. And, you know, if there's some chords that aren't in the key in there too, like um, I was, I was just playing love like this, um, which is a ben, another Ben Rector song. Um, <laughs> but he has some, some really kind of minor chords in there that, you know, when you hear it, it's just like, it kind of tugs your ear. You're like, Whoa, what was that chord? Um, but it's, it's really cool because then there's also the take of, you know, that rather than just like a super happy song or like a super sad song, there's this cool mixture that artists have done lately where they'll do like, um, you know, something that is like a happy message, but has like kind of a bittersweet tone to the music or vice versa, where it's like super happy music, but what they're talking about is like kind of like really bittersweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Did you, did you take theory, music theory? Um, I did a little bit. I took two theory classes at UK. I did like the uh, theory for non-majors and then I did like the first level of oral theory. But besides that, mostly been self-taught. Not say I'm like a theory nut or anything, but I, I can navigate keys and stuff pretty well now in comparison to, to a few years ago. I tell you, um, mu music theory, I took it. Probably not nearly as bad as as probably not as hard as it is in in college. But I took AP theory in in high school, and I thought, oh my gosh, this this is something else. Because mm -hmm. I thought, heavens to Betsy, this is this is tough stuff. That I thought I didn't know all this stuff went into music, but I guess it it, it does. But um, you know that that's good because I think. Uh, one song that brought to mind was a good old country song um, called Paper Roses. I don't remember who's buying, but it, it has this nice flowy beat, but the message is, is like, what are you talking about? And um, just, uh, this pop, just, this thought just popped in my head, you know, country and gospel. I've always said this are kissing cousins because, mm -hmm. Because the way that they um, move together, you know, I, the gospel people are saying, everyone, uh, talk, we were talking about Jesus and the guy, kind of like the, and the guy over here is like, you know, hey, my wife has left me and, and or, hey, this is going on. And, and hope, you know, there's a, there was a redemptive message in there somewhere that they cross counter that both. A Christian country do because uh, the guy is just needing help and we have the mess we have the hope that these people are needing and I, I think they go together well hmm. yeah and I know those are two genres I definitely want to get more into I think um, I haven't really gotten super super into country um, but I really want to get it I mean I, I grew up with like Carrie Underwood so I can't say mm -hmm. I haven't totally but I've been meaning to kind of expand my horizons so um, I'll, I'll check it out. One of the, um, biggest, um, there's two artists that, uh, that are really good. And the, the one is the, um, is Merle Haggard. Now he's, he's one of the old country people and he's not for the faint of heart, but the other one is, um, an, a really good group called, um, Joey and Rory. And they are a um, they are a Christian group 
country group that did a lot of Christian stuff and, and their inspired record is a very good. Um, it has that pull between country and gospel. And um, I wanted to talk about this because one of the first times that we actually had a full conversation, you mentioned hymns. And so I, I wanted, what is one of your favorite hymns right now? Uh, right now, I think probably like nothing but the blood. That one is really, really special, especially whenever Kurt Vernon leads it. I'm just, oh, I, I, I sing, my soul just sings. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, that was my main one, but I definitely, I love, I love some good organ on stuff too. Like I grew up in, um, uh, kind of a Lutheran church that was just super traditional with like a lot of organ and uh i i i'm a sucker for that so like mighty fortress is our god that's another oh. one <laughs> yes that is good you know hymns are good i love the hymns um they they speak to me and um and they speak to a lot of people but i um and we mentioned worship earlier how can we um marry the two because i think it is important especially in corporate worship when we are in in churches where people who are more of a distinguished age and then who love the hymns then you have people who are are more our age who have loved the worship current worship stuff that's going on how can we marry those two together yeah, I mean, that's an area that I've been really fascinated to see what other people have done. You know, I haven't really done too much of that, um, me personally as an artist, but I know someone I really look up to, and I mentioned it before, um, my friend Kurt Vernon. So he he does that so well, um, mm. where I think, you know, you might take you might take something that, you know, you might typically hear on organ or something, but instead, like kind of stripping it down and doing it acoustic and, you know, maybe adding in some extra instruments that might not have been with it initially, like, I don't know, bringing some, some keys and guitar and drums or something. Um, and then, you know, I always, I always love some good harmonies too, that I think, I think there's ways, especially in the instrumentation that you can, I mean, you can take any song and kind of twist the style of it, um, in a way that, you know, might appeal to different audiences that, um, you know, I feel like, if you ever listen to any of the songs that he's done, especially, I think, um, at least locally, I know that he does a lot with more kind of that acoustic, bringing that acoustic feel to mm. some good classic hymns. Um, what has been some advice, some great advice that you um, have gotten over the years? Mm. Oh, man, there's so many good things. Um, I feel think free to feel free to um, if you uh, want to share a few of them. Don't don't feel like you have to just share one. If you if you want to share more than one, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that has really really meant a lot that my mom would always tell me growing up. Um, well, I guess okay. So there's two things that she has taught me. Um, one of them was she said, "Pray pray for the Holy Spirit." She said, "Ask that God fill you with with His Spirit because that's a prayer He's never going to say no to." And I remember growing up. Um, you know, initially being like, I don't know. And then praying it and just seeing how faithful God is to, you mm -hmm. know, continue to strengthen me in faith. And, you know, part of it's like not being afraid to approach our heavenly father in prayer and, you know, asking for that. Um, cause you know, I've just been so, so taken back at how, how much God has strengthened me both through, you know, the good and the bad that I've experienced in life. 
um, and just how faithful he's been to just continue to strengthen me with his spirit. Um, so praying for the Holy Spirit, it was something that I just, it's a light bulb moment that I had um, that's really, really meant a lot. But I think on just kind of the day to day too, something, this is actually drawn from a song lyric from a John Mayer song. Um, but so in his song, Heart of Life, there's a line that she, my mom would always tell me um, or remind me of when he would say, fear is a friend who's misunderstood. And I was like, what? I just don't want to feel afraid. I hate that. Like, what? Mm. But what I've found is it's like embracing that, that uncomfortability, pursuing the things that scare you, bring you to the most unexpected and amazing places. You know, I was terrified the first time I went up on stage and seeing how much blessing has come from fighting that fear and going up no matter how nervous I am. And just witnessing like the amount of impact that music can have in that capacity. Or, you know, if you're, if you're afraid to, to take a certain trip or to, to do, to try and do something um, that might scare you, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm not super scared of heights, but you know, like uh, at the CSF trip, I think we went like parasailing and I was terrified, but then I did it and I was like, whoa, that was so cool. That that fear is something that, you know, when you embrace it and you fight against it, it can take you to some really amazing places. And so that's been probably a really huge lesson. Um, and also there's a me another mentor um, of mine named Dr. Walker, who um, I'd known while I was at a freshman at UK. And he would always harp on, um, you know, embrace uncomfortability. Um, and that was one of the biggest things was, uh, I mean, and he certainly, he was a hard professor. So I was very uncomfortable in his class, but seeing that that uncomfortability and challenging myself, even when I didn't want to, has really strengthened who I am as a businesswoman, as an artist, as a person, and just navigating life that, um, that has been probably the big, one of the biggest lessons I've gained over the past few years. That's so good. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for your time, uh, today. This has been, this has been so fun talking about music and, and thank you so much for, um, sharing your thoughts and uh, sharing uh, with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. I'm so happy to have learned about our shared love for Ben Rector. Oh. Um, <laughs> everything we talked about. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you be blessed and we'll see you at CSF uh, here in a, in a, I guess in a month, I guess yeah. a month, or less than a month, I guess. All right. I'll see you in the fall. All right. Blessings. Thank you.